Today, I want to talk about how I learned French. Hi there, Steve Coffin here, and today I want to talk about how I learned French. Uh, if you enjoy these videos, please subscribe. You can uh, click or tap on the bell to uh, get notifications, and please come and join me at Link, which is where I now learn languages. So, I'm going to talk about my history of learning French, some of the things that I learned about learning French. And uh, then I'm going to have a little walk through a part of my library just to show you some of the resources that I have for learning French. Um, so before I get into the subject, uh, I want to digress a little bit. I remember at school, I think maybe grade eight, grade seven, I can't remember which year it was. We were asked to, as a project, to do a scrapbook of an imaginary trip to Italy. Or maybe we had the choice of countries and I chose Italy. I don't remember. I wrote to the Italian Tourist Bureau in Montreal and they sent me just a stack of stuff on all the different uh, provinces or whatever they what I don't know what they're called in Italy. And, uh, you know, Peru, whatever it was. I can't remember. Campania and Perugia. And, and like, a, like a stack they sent me. And so I went in there and I cut out the pictures of the different churches and the scenery and stuff and I made this imaginary trip where I went from I don't know I can't remember now but starting somewhere and going to this place and that place and then showing you know what I had cut out off from these uh, tourist brochures uh, pictures of uh, what were uh, whatever were the major attractions and I think I even read up a little bit about the history and so forth and so on. Now it's had nothing to do with French however if at that point at school they had introduced the Italian language, I would have been interested in learning it. We never had anything attractive presented to us about French at school. All I remember is at one point we had to memorize the 16 verbs that take être as an auxiliary verb. So je suis allé, you know, je suis monté, monté, descendre, aller venir. The 16 motion verbs that take être as an auxiliary verb instead of avoir. So that was a big deal. We had to, and a lot of stuff was presented to us that way, you know, sort of individual snippets of grammar. I remember we had a, a French teacher, maybe in grade 10, who was from England. And uh, when it was time to speak uh, French, he would say, all right, you guys, now we're gonna talk frog language. That was really inspiring like that. We all had a good chuckle. Well, frog language, what the hell? Uh, then we had a teacher who was a reverend and he would come into class and he not only wore his, you know, black thing with his whatever collar, but he had a cape to, sort of, to keep the dust off his thing. And so in those days, uh, there was a very popular TV program called Zorro and it had a theme, a sort of theme tune to it. So whenever he showed up in class, we'd all start humming the theme to Zorro. Uh, other than that, he put us to sleep in his class. So with that, uh, I would say by the time I was 16, I think all of us, we had some words. The funny thing is they focused entirely on grammar and boring stories about some guy traveling on a steamboat, Le Paquebot du Havre or something like that. Totally uninteresting stuff. We had no choice in terms of what might interest us in the language. Uh, and at the end of it all, all we could do in Montreal, mind you, is put words together. 
moi vouloir aller, like we couldn't even speak grammatically correctly. We just had words. In the end, all we got was words, which is not bad because to me, language learning is all about words. So what changed? What changed was that I went to university, McGill University, uh, not knowing what to study, I decided I would study French and English, whatever, literature, you know, they had a, these are things that were at least familiar to me. I was 16 at the time. Uh, we had an option in Montreal, we could go to first year university or finish and do a grade 12 at school. Op I opted to go to university because school was sort of boring. And not knowing what to study, I just chose that. And we had a professor, Maurice Rabotin, who made French civilization interesting, much like these, you know, the brochures that I received from the Italian consulate in Montreal. All of a sudden there were some things that were sparkling there. And there was a book about, you know, the history of France and the different eras and the famous painters of that era and the famous, you know, whether Moliere or David or, and all of this stuff. And it was a very nicely done book. And I got interested. And as a result, I started, uh, you know, there is a French, two French newspapers in Montreal. You can start trying to pick your way through those, which I then started to do. Uh, they, and so everything French became interesting. French musicians, listening to them, even though I couldn't understand them, you know, or watching movies like Jules et Jim was one of the early ones in La Nouvelle Vague. And so I became a bit of a Francophile because there was something there that was attractive. Uh, so now to work on my French language, uh, the main thing was to do a lot of reading and I'm going to show you, I'm going to walk through my library and show you some of the books that I have, but I have enjoyed reading and reading is, is just so powerful. Uh, French, you know, I think French, I think for a lot of people is harder to understand than Spanish, say. But even in Spanish, for most people, Mexican Spanish is easier to understand than Spanish Spanish from Spain. And the reason is because it's more sing-songy in Mexico. And so the more sing-songy the language is, the easier it is to pick up where one word ends and the next word begins. Well, guess what? French is essentially monotonous. And so the first thing that you have to realize, which I started to realize was that uh, you have to start to, you know, listen to how they're speaking. Uh, and that's how you're going to speak. And it's also going to help you to understand once your brain is used to how that language works. And so, and another thing that I had to do was to figure out how to pronounce because that right off the bat is the hardest sound in French. And uh, one of the suggested ways of doing that is to say, ooh, which is what would be, as English speakers, our default sound, ooh, and then try to say e at the same time. So we go, ooh, you end up with ooh. Once you got to ooh, first you got to be able to make the sound, and then you have to, as with so many things, you have to do it on the fly. So, tu veux aller, tu j'ai vu, you have to be able to get that U in there in the middle of something, which takes a little more practice. So, again, I must admit, French and then later on Mandarin Chinese are the only languages where I made any special effort to work on pronunciation. Another thing in French, which can be difficult at first, and all of these pronunciation things impact your ability to understand. And so the listening and practice at listening is also part of getting used to the sounds of the language and then trying to imitate them 
and then you understand it better when you listen. So the nasal sounds, you know, on. Now, a lot of English speakers, when they say Provence, which is an area of France, right? They'll say Provence, which is province. And so you have to make sure you get the on, on, un, un, right. So that takes a little bit of effort. But I must say, in my own case, when I was learning French, I might, I, it's just so far back, I can't remember. I might have made a special effort to get those sounds right. Uh, somewhere along the line, I f focused in on the fact that, again, to sound French, you got to have a lot of uh. Uh, you don't say um when you're waiting, thinking about what, what, what you want to say. You say uh. Moi, je crois. And the uh sound pervades French. And it's particularly important that in the middle of a word, like uh, besoin, je deviens, uh, whatever, that it's uh. And so many people say besoin, and not just English speakers, because there aren't many languages where e is uh, but it is in French. And it's a big part of speaking properly and also understanding it well. And the uh at the end of a word can be pronounced or not pronounced. So the uh is almost like a non-sound. So you can say, for example, devenir, devenir, devient, devient, become, devenir. The second E, it, you can say devenir, but mostly it's just devenir. So you get used to this. So you can, like there's the famous song by Jacques Brel, ne me quitte pas, ne me quitte pas. The O at the end, you can also say ne me quitte pas. But for the purposes of the song, it's always there as an option. At the, whenever the E appears at the end of a word, you can pronounce it E or not pronounce it. And for this reason, the sort of, you know, tying one word into the other, the E, uh, having a few E's around make, and speaking monotonously uh, makes you sound more French. Uh, what else was I going to say? So that's important. Oh, and the other thing that makes French hard to understand is the liaison. Again, I'm sure it took me a long time. See, I have no real, once I got carried away with French and wanting to hear it and speak it and read it, I have no recollection of any specific effort that I did to improve my French. I became aware that they have the passé simple. It's there, okay, uh, you know, uh, you see it more and more often in books, you hear it. All these things just gradually sunk into my brain as I did enough listening and reading. But at some point, uh, I had to realize that, you know, when you say, comment allez-vous, the T, comment is how? Comment allez-vous, how are you? How are you going? How's it going? Comment allez-vous? Uh, quant à vous, you know, quand, like, uh, in a, you know, as, quant à vous, quant à moi, insofar as I'm concerned, quant à moi, uh, je vais aller. This whole liaison thing where the last consonant of a word will be pronounced only if there's a vowel in the next word. And it almost seems to be a part of the next word. So if you say tout à fait, it's tout, all, Tout à fait, you know, by all means, tout à fait, it's almost as if the ta is the next word, but it isn't. So these are some of the things I think that I just started getting used to. And of course, I ended up going to France because I got so carried away with French and France. I went to France and I studied there for three years. And you're there, you're surrounded by the language. I did all my studying in French. My hand got tired from writing, you know, essays in French, uh, turning in papers, uh, doing exams in French, reading in French, 
And now I'm going to end up. So that's the thing. So how did I learn French? I don't remember. But it all happened once I got turned on to the language. Uh, and that's the way what they should do in schools. Uh, you know, the first thing they should do is say, imagine, uh, you know, an imaginary trip in Quebec or France or Belgium or Switzerland and go, let them go out and find what is in those countries and the cities and the people and the customs and the history and whatever, put together a little scrapbook so that at least you begin by being interested in the everything that surrounds the language. Then you might have a chance to put the effort in as I did into letting that language wash over you. And every so often a teacher can point out certain things in the language that you might miss and maybe need to be pointed out so that you start to notice them and gradually create the right habits. So I'll end up with a little tour of my French book section and I apologize for the mess. Uh, I haven't cleaned up for this. It's just, I thought it would be fun to show you that. Okay, bye for now. Okay, so here we are in my audiobook section. Uh, you see that Marcel Proust, that was deadly to read, but when you listen to the audiobook, it's lovely. And so I have, up here is my check section, but we won't go there. Down here, you'll see that there's a lot of Balzac, and, and I like traditional literature. And uh, down here as well, it's still French. The odd check in there. Yeah, some of the, uh, some of the, uh, where are we here? Uh, that's uh, Swedish and Czech and something. All right, so you see a lot of well-worn books from the Livre de Poche, uh, lots of Balzac, uh, Moliere, what do I have here? Flaubert, cuisinier, like cooking. And uh, then we're wandering into other languages. What do we got down here? Oh, this is my Portuguese. Anyway, you'll see that there's a lot of books uh, in French, so, and of course in other languages. 